This is Clinical Pearls. Breast cancer is the most common cancer in American women, except for skin cancers. That needs to be said again. Breast cancer is the most common non-skin cancer among women in the U.S. and is the second leading cause of cancer death. The median age at diagnosis is 62 years, and an estimated 1 in 8 women will develop breast cancer at some point in their lifetime. African American women are more likely to die of breast cancer compared with women of other races. In September of 2019, the U.S. Preventative Service Task Force revised and updated its 2013 recommendations on medications for risk reduction of primary breast cancer. In this session, we will highlight these updated guidelines and quickly review risk prediction models. Absolute cancer risk is a probability that an individual with given risk factors and a given age will develop cancer over a defined period of time. Examples of these risk factors include race, age, gender, genetics, body mass index, family history of cancer, history of tobacco use, use of aspirin and non-steroidal anti-inflammatory medication, physical activity, use of hormone replacement therapy, reproductive factors, history of cancer screening, and even dietary factors. Developing statistical models that estimate the probability of developing cancer over a defined period of time helps clinicians identify individuals at higher risk of specific cancers, allowing for earlier or more frequent screening and counseling of behavioral changes to decrease risk. These types of models also will be useful for designing future chemo prevention and screening intervention trials in individuals at high risk of specific cancers in the general population. Historically, the most familiar type of predictive breast cancer model is the GALE model, which can be found online. Women who have a GALE risk score of 1.66 or higher have a higher than average risk of developing breast cancer. The GALE model is for use in women with no history of breast cancer or DCIS or LCIS. Other tools may be more appropriate for women with known mutations like BRCA1 or BRCA2 or other hereditary syndromes associated with breast cancer. Now that we've laid that foundation, let's get into who qualifies for medical management next. The U.S. Preventative Service Task Force continues to recommend that clinicians offer risk-reducing medications like tamoxifen, raloxifene, or aromatase inhibitors to women who are at increased risk for breast cancer and at low risk for adverse medication effects. Various methods are available to identify women at increased risk for breast cancer, as we've just discussed regarding the prediction models. There is no single cutoff for defining increased risk for all women. 
women at greater risk, like those with at least a 3% risk of breast cancer in the next five years, are likely to derive the most benefit than harm from risk reduction medication. And these women should be offered medications if their risk of harm is low. Some women also are at lower risk for breast cancer and have been included in trials documenting reduced risk for breast cancer when taking tamoxifen, raloxifene, or aromatase inhibitors. However, when balancing the harms associated with these medications, the net benefit will be lower among women at lower risk of breast cancer. We'll get into some of the potential adverse effects to these medications in just a little bit. Now, the U.S. Preventive Service Task Force recommends against the routine use of risk reduction medications, again, like tamoxifen, reloxifene, or aromatase inhibitors, in women who are not at increased risk for breast cancer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, let's go into this recommendation about who qualifies for medications a little bit more. This recommendation for risk reduction medication applies to asymptomatic women who are 35 years of age and older, and this includes women with previous benign breast lesions on biopsy, like atypical ductal or lobular carcinoma and lobular carcinoma in situ. But this recommendation does not apply to women who have a current or previous diagnosis of breast cancer or ductal carcinoma in situ. Again, patients who, on biopsy, have atypical ductal or lobular hyperplasia and lobular carcinoma in situ do qualify, but those who have ductal carcinoma in situ do not. A systematic review of trials conducted by the U.S. Preventive Service Task Force found that compared with placebo, tamoxifen reduced the incidence of invasive breast cancer by seven events per 1,000 women over five years, and raloxifene reduced the incidence by nine events per 1,000 women, again over five years. Now, given that the study participants in tamoxifen versus placebo and raloxifene versus placebo trials differed with respect to breast cancer risk and age, direct comparisons of the effectiveness between these two meds cannot be made based on these placebo-controlled trials. However, the large study of tamoxifen and raloxifene trial, which was the STAR trial, directly compared tamoxifen with raloxifene. This study found that tamoxifen reduced breast cancer risk more than raloxifene after long-term follow-up. For women with a predicted 5-year breast cancer risk of 3% or greater, the absolute benefits are likely to be even higher. So tamoxifen and raloxifene have been found to reduce the risk both of non-vertebral and vertebral fractures in addition to the risk reduction of breast cancer. 
However, use of tamoxifen and raloxifene is also associated with possible increased risk of VTEs and vasomotor symptoms. This proves the point that nothing is free in medicine. Tamoxifen also increases the risk for endometrial cancer as well as cataracts. These risks are increased in older women, although women who have had a hysterectomy are not at risk for endometrial malignancy. Now that we've covered tamoxifen and raloxifene, let's come back and talk about aromatase inhibitors. Aromatase inhibitors, typically like letrozole, which is femora, were found to reduce the incidence of invasive breast cancer by 16 events per 1,000 women over 5 years. As with tamoxifen and raloxifene, these absolute benefits are likely even higher for women with a predicted breast cancer risk of 3% or more. Harms of aromatase inhibitors, however, include vasomotor symptoms, gastrointestinal symptoms, and musculoskeletal pain. Data on harms of aromatase inhibitors for the primary risk reduction of breast cancer are limited, especially long-term harms. A trend towards increased cardiovascular events like transient ischemic attacks and cerebrovascular accidents have been observed in some aromatase inhibitor trials for treatment of women with early-stage breast cancer or DCIS. Younger women with no risk factors for cardiovascular disease are less likely to have a cardiovascular event with these medical therapies. Aromatase inhibitors do not reduce and may even increase the risk of fractures. Once again, aromatase inhibitors do not reduce but may increase the risk of fracture. Tamoxifen, reloxifene, and aromatase inhibitors all reduce primary breast cancer risk in postmenopausal women. Use of raloxifene and aromatase inhibitors is indicated, however, only in postmenopausal women. So that's a clinical pearl. Use of raloxifene and aromatase inhibitors is indicated only for postmenopausal women. Tamoxifen, however, is indicated for risk reduction of primary breast cancer in premenopausal women. Before we get into duration of use, this is a good place to stop and quickly review some of the highlights of these three types of medications because we've presented a lot of information. Let's start with tamoxifen as a quick review. The known risks of tamoxifen are blood clots, endometrial cancer, cataracts, and stroke. The risk of uterine cancer for premenopausal women taking tamoxifen is actually very low compared with those who have undergone menopause. But the benefits of tamoxifen do outweigh the risk in premenopausal women who have an increased risk of breast cancer due to a strong family history of disease or who have a personal history of precancerous breast changes. Now, in women who have undergone menopause, the benefits of tamoxifen still likely outweigh the risks, especially in women who have that increased risk of cancer and who have also had a hysterectomy, which reduces the risk of endometrial cancer. Now, on to raloxifene. Health risks associated with raloxifene are similar to those of tamoxifen. Both drugs carry an increased risk of blood clots, though the risk may be lower with raloxifene. 
However, raloxifene may be associated with fewer cases of endometrial and uterine cancers than tamoxifen. Raloxifene may also be linked to fewer strokes than tamoxifen in women at average risk of heart disease. But if the woman has heart disease already or multiple risk factors for cardiovascular illness, then raloxifene may actually increase the risk of stroke. So, as a summary for raloxifene, although tamoxifen may be slightly better than raloxifene at reducing the risk of breast cancer in some studies, the risk of blood clots and uterine cancer are also lower with raloxifene. So for this reason, raloxifene may be a preferred option for women who have undergone menopause and who have not yet undergone a hysterectomy. As we wrap up this summary of medications, let's end with aromatase inhibitors. Aromatase inhibitors have been studied and shown to be effective in postmenopausal women to treat breast cancer and to prevent breast cancer recurrence. Aromatase inhibitors are not intended for preventing breast cancer recurrence in women who still have menstrual cycles, in other words, who are of reproductive age. Aromatase inhibitors have been studied to see if they may reduce the risk of breast cancer in high-risk women, in other words, preventative therapy, like those who have a strong family history or a history of precancerous breast lesions. And these studies have, in fact, shown promise in reducing the risk of developing breast cancer in these high-risk women. Based on these studies, physicians may choose to use aromatase inhibitors to reduce the risk of breast cancer, although, and here's a clinical pearl, remember that these drugs actually aren't approved by the FDA for that use. Aromatase inhibitors, however, do increase the risk of osteoporosis, but they are not associated with an increased risk of blood clots or uterine cancer. Well, now that we've covered the three main types of medication, tamoxifen, raloxifene, and aromatase inhibitors, the question is, what's their duration of use? Well, in trials, participants typically used risk-reducing medications for three to five years. The benefits of tamoxifen have been found to persist up to eight years beyond medical discontinuation. However, thankfully, the risk of VTE and of endometrial cancer do return to baseline after discontinuation of tamoxifen. However, data on similar long-term persistence of effects are just not available for raloxifene or for aromatase inhibitors. Alright, now that we're at the end of our podcast, let's just summarize the findings from the U.S. Preventative Service Task Force. The U.S. PSTF did find convincing evidence that risk-reducing medications like tamoxifen, raloxifene, or aromatase inhibitors do provide moderate benefit in reducing the risk of invasive estrogen receptor-positive breast cancer in postmenopausal women who are at increased risk for the disease. The U.S. PSTF also found convincing evidence that tamoxifen and raloxifene and adequate evidence that aromatase inhibitors are associated with small to possibly moderate harms, including VTE and, for aromatase inhibitors, some potential for fracture risk. Overall, however, the U.S. PSTF determined that the net benefit of taking these medications to reduce the risk of breast cancer is larger in women who do have that greater risk for developing breast cancer and that benefit still outweighs the potential risk.
Well, that brings us to a wrap, reviewing the latest updated guidelines from the U.S. Preventive Service Task Force. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on Clinical Pearls.